Are you ready? Here we go. So, you know what that means. <laughs> the after session is official. Mm. Kicking off the after session live. How's the boys? How's the boys and the girls? Don't forget the girls. Oh, I can't forget about the girls. Never forget about the girls. It's, it's not a lads night. No, that's a sausage rest though. <laughs> <laughs> Hello everyone, welcome to the first episode of the after session podcast with me, Aaron. And me, Adam. Nice to meet you. <laughs> Yeah, nice to meet you, the person that's listening to this in the car on the way to work. The only hate. one person, there's only one listening. Yeah, my mum. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, mum. I love you. Here. Hi, mum. She's only here to listen to me. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> <laughs> so this has been a long time in the making, and we have officially started recording. It's yeah. We started talking about podcasts, what, last year? And then there's just an idea that we had and we are throwing ideas around like what should we do what should we call it all this jazz and then we went through a few different phases there was a few different things going on with it a few different hurdles that had to be crossed and everyone knows over the last year it's been hard enough to organize going on a holiday never mind to organize a new business venture so <laughs> be patient but we should be pumping out a lot of content over the next few weeks so hopefully you'll all enjoy it and we have some amazing guests lined up that are, i'm actually buzzing about and yeah. i'm actually surprised that we got on yeah <laughs> i'm actually delighted as well for a little kickstarter but sure look Onwards and upwards from here. Everyone has to start somewhere. That's why we don't mention that we're only newbies to these people. Yeah, exactly. We might have to cut that out. <laughs> we're not newbies, by the way. Yeah, no, we have one. <laughs> we've previously recorded one together. It actually went quite well. We were doing it over Skype, so it's the first time we've actually done a physical podcast in the same room as each other. And to be honest, how are you feeling in comparison to the last one that we did? A lot better because I can actually see in person. I can actually see your beautiful face. Oh, thank you very I'm much. I talking to people on YouTube. Shout out. It's a little plug there. It's obscured by a few <laughs> facial, like, pubes, more so than facial hair, you know what I mean? But, sure, look, thank you. I'd <laughs> say a lot better myself as well, because that last one was really only, like, dipping me down the water, testing out the water, see what the podcasting thing was like, and didn't know what I was doing. Just winged it, felt a bit nervous, but now I feel more relaxed and... I didn't just jump into it like we've been planning this since what August time so yeah August weeks. probably just before I went away yeah so a lot of work has gone into this behind the scenes mainly on my end <laughs> exactly <laughs> and uh, I'm the face of the operation Aaron's the brand literally so hopefully no one watched on YouTube yeah. <laughs> <laughs> two faces for radio am I right <laughs> <laughs> pretty much yeah but um, I'm actually buzzing about this and like last year it was tough for everyone so everyone's feeling a bit down wasn't really in the middle just i just done it to keep myself busy i didn't like put a lot of effort into it to be honest and now i'm ready to go full steam ahead all guns blazing knock down any content in front of me to try to get in my way yeah, any trolls i'll find you no I won't. <laughs> any <laughs> trolls i'll probably reply back to you yeah probably will probably will comment probably buy a pizza be, comment sections do be gas you know what the best comment of the week probably will get a pizza at some stage. <laughs> Can I comment? What? Can I comment? Yeah. There you go. You can buy your own pizza. <laughs> pizza don't agree with me, actually. No, I wouldn't be telling the internet that. <laughs> <laughs> it's mad. I can eat pizza from my Tesco or that, but if I try to buy a Domino's pizza... You're dead. Dead. Yeah, the same as me, man. I feel sick after eating a chipper. I can't eat a chipper anymore. I used to love eating chippers. I couldn't touch one now. 
suppose that's a good thing like we're both trying to lose weight yeah yeah true that's it going a good session for the weekend a bit of it will fall off anyway (laughs) that seems to be the best approach I've had but you seem to put it back on after a few days so maybe a week long session perhaps like I have to say when I came back there I'm only back from an 11 day holiday in Spain and uh, in the Canary Islands and I swear to God I'd say half of me came back (laughs) the other half half is still there and the other half got robbed in the strip all over the beach you know what I mean so that's just a lesson to be learned don't go swimming at night and if you do um Wear shorts. Yeah, wear shorts. <laughs> it gets cold. Well, that, <laughs> no, someone will rob your shoes, bro. Someone will rob your runners. Where's the old Lanzarote? We went to Lanzarote, yeah. Lovely spot, absolute paradise of a spot. But sure, look, it's the sort of thing, it's a lad's holiday, it's only going to get messy, do you know what I mean? So, oh, what can you say? From what you can remember, was it good? Yeah, from what I can remember, it was absolutely fantastic. I had a great time. Um, just to come here, weather-wise, it was absolutely amazing. And it was really just nice to get out of Dublin. The main That was the main thing for me, get out of Dublin. Like, I was in England the week beforehand as well, so it was just it's nice to be able to get back to normality and to see other places that are a lot more open than where we are. They're a lot further along than we where we are. Yeah. If you think about it, it's it's a lot more normal in in, in those places now. Bear in mind, people are still wearing their masks, but like people, like it seems a lot more relaxed. It's a, mo- a lot more of a vibe, and it's as I said, it's a lot more back to the old normal. Like. Yeah, I don't plan on going to the country anytime soon. No, no. I went outside Dublin for a wedding. That's as far as I went yeah fair <laughs> I'm, I'm still planning my next holiday I've won the, I'm going to go back over to England in November shout out to the lads that are floating over with us hopefully they're listening I know one of them definitely isn't <laughs> but uh <laughs> wanker yeah and I'll be going back over to England in November then another trip to Spain planned for December as well dude. just kind of while I can in case they shut everything back down I, like, yeah. at least if they shut it down hopefully I'll be out of the country <laughs> I don't think they will shut down no nah, well, it cost them too much money 90% of people are vaccinated so I grant yeah. fuck them and once you get it, you can get a passport or something. So, well, I've the it's the the, co- the COVID digital cert, and I wouldn't mind it. It's an absolute lifesaver when you do have it because when I went to England, I had to get a PCR test coming back. Now I'd been vaccinated on the twelfth of August, but it was say I was coming home on the Tuesday, and my vaccine didn't kick in until the Thursday. So I had to spe- uh, I think I spent one hundred and twenty pound just to get a. Just so if you would have waited a few more days, you wouldn't have to get it. Yeah, if I'd uh, if I'd have came home two days later, I would have been fine. But because I came down home two days earlier. <clears throat> well, voice crack. Two days earlier than uh, where I suppose when I was like then when it kicked in, I had to pay 120 euro, and then it's about finding a testing center as well. Has to be PCR if you're coming back to Ireland because they don't accept antigen tests. So it's something to look out for. But coming home uh, after being vaccinated and everything from Spain, it just made the process so much easier. I've heard people have gone away and they haven't even like don't check the certs. I've been I I wasn't checked coming back from England, which is written now. I wouldn't mind that really annoyed me because I actually had to go out of my way. I had to leave the town I was in and I, I was about 45 minutes away in a car had to go out to Exeter Airport I was down the, the very south of England down in Torquay so I had to go to Exeter Airport it doesn't seem that bad but I had to get a taxi it cost me 50 quid taxi there then I had to get a taxi and a bus back then as well so that was another 70 like all in pound like do you know what I mean so it all adds up, like it all adds up where so you're talking about 300 pound just for a test yeah about two about 220 in pounds so you're looking at about probably about 250 euro just to get just to get tested, tell you, oh, look, something you already know. I don't have on. Like, do you know what I mean? I wasn't going around coughing or anything like that. But it's uh, the precaution. So I did. It made it a lot easier coming back from Lanzarote knowing, right? I have a little code in my pocket here on my phone, so I can just scan that and happy days. I'm on a plane then. But I did get I did get checked coming through the airport coming back from Lanzarote now. Fair enough. Well, wasn't his body search, was it? No, 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 no. <laughs> full body, unfortunately. They, they left a rubber glove in. You know. The last time. I've actually been to Lanzarote five times in total. It's yep. actually a really nice spot. 
That's beautiful. beautiful. I haven't been since I was about 10 or 12. Like, I used to always go when I was really young with my dad. And I remember the last time we went, we went along the strip. Maybe dad sat in a bar. And next of all, went around Christmas time. No, it was about Christmas time and birthday because my birthday is in January right after Christmas. So it was about that time. Went to this like bar. We were the only two people in it. Turned around next of all. It was like a stormy weather. Lashing rain. Wind was fucking like about 200 kilometers an hour. Stuff flowing everywhere. And maybe I just sat at the bar. just talking to the barman. And it was like kind of outside. It had like a little canopy, like a roof sort of thing. So we're basically outside. And I was sitting there at the bar like 2 o'clock in the bleeding storm. And we seen a pool right beside us. That was bleeding over flown. And the man behind the bar, we were chatting with him. Bang on. I could have been Irish, I don't know. And he gave me a, a little laser, a little laser pointer. Yeah. Not the fucking airplane one, like a little yeah, kid's one. And I had a little sign on it. It goes, from now on until you die, that's going to be your sign. And it was, uh, let's have it. Like, really? Yeah. <laughs> that saying. That's like, I remember Delia Smith, the night shoot the on Norwich. Came out onto the pitch, drunk at half-time. Let's be having you! <laughs> I've seen loads of memes going around Pep Guardiola doing that because he called out the City fans. Did he I? photoshopped his face onto that. And it's like, where are you? Where are you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we need a good, uh, we need a good slogan. We need a good slogan for this, actually. Yeah, send us in your slogans if anyone can think of any. So the link in the description of this podcast or on YouTube. It's a link to all of our social medias. It's a link to literally everything that we have. And a little cheeky plug, you can also buy us a drink to help the Assessesh go yeah. further. Well, that's it, exactly. If you want to help us stock the Assessesh to make sure it's as good a time as possible, why not send us a few quid if you're... Would it's actually cheaper in the point. Is What's a point now, like 560? Yeah, point about 560, it's yeah. It's fiver on this website. I remember down the road, it used to be four euro for a drink on a Thursday. That used to be absolutely beautiful. Was it cheap lands, right? Oh yeah, lands two fifty a point. Fuck two, off. Two fifty, two fifty for a point. Yeah. Jesus. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. And the old Temple Bar is like seven quid. Yeah. Come here. Look. 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 At, um. What's at the Temple Bar? Bar. I remember I was in there when I was in sixth or sixth year, and it cost me eight forty for a pint of Budweiser. And Budweiser's piss. Fuck. Eight forty. So, your man turned around and walked off with it. <laughs> I wasn't paying eight forty. Jesus. <laughs> It'd kill me to pay over six quid for a point. Yeah, no, it's that's wrong. Like, you should be charging six quid for a point, especially in a place where you can't sit down or if there's no atmosphere or yeah. like that. Well, well, the, you pay for the atmosphere, you pay to go in and like sit in the place yeah. and have a good time. Well, <laughs> like, it's not as if they're putting the price up because of COVID. <coughs> that's literally a normal price of a drink in Dublin, in yeah. Telebar. No, see, that's the thing, like, and that's really kind of ruined the tourism over here. I'd say there'd be a lot more, like, obviously, want to get away from the whole drinking side of things over here, I'd imagine, but. Love to see it, like tourism-wise. If if you drink, like the price of drink was a bit lower, because I have heard from a lot of tourists the two main complaints about Ireland, where they think Ireland's gonna be this, or even Dublin in particular. It's like, oh, we're gonna go to Dublin, we're gonna have a great time, go all, all these nights out. The clubs are closed at three o'clock in the morning. It's not yeah. like the rest of Europe. Yeah, open. No, like I know that at the minute seven. they're talking about bringing in a later, like a later time, extended till six. That that'd be amazing. Mm. But it gets us annoyed with the rest of Europe. You can't buy alcohol in the shop after ten o'clock. Yeah, that's another thing that annoyed them. The price of cigarettes obviously is going to go up. It goes up every year. It does, yeah. But they're going to be outlawed soon enough, I'd imagine. Yeah, like the way you can't smoke in pubs now, they're going to outlaw, can't smoke at all. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> it, exactly. The sure, the smoking area gets further and further away from the job every day. <laughs> yeah, literally, yeah. But yeah. well, like, they're trying to keep people safe, not catching COVID. But yeah, don't give a rat about fast food or smokes or trying to keep people healthy in that aspect. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Try and introduce like, a healthy eating bill and see what happens. Both of them can easily kill you. I'd say there's more deaths from smoking and 
um, blood clots and all that shit from being unhealthy than there is probably COVID. No, there is, but you have to look at with the likes of COVID and everything like that. Those the comorbid the comorbidity, like you're looking at a lot of people that would be like overweight, or a lot of people that wouldn't be healthy. A lot of people that have underlying conditions, things to do with their hearts, their lungs already, like like, and they're obviously gonna be hit very hard by it. Do you know what I mean? But it it wouldn't work for everyone. But the best way to fight off any sort of disease or any sort of virus is to have a healthy immune system and the only way to do that is to be healthy is to exercise and it's to eat well and i feel like over here people like kind of lose sight of it i know the gym is a big thing for like the likes of our age group at the minute but it's not like everyone goes to the gym everyone likes to talk about going to the gym but not everyone goes to the gym you know what i mean if you could promote it in a way where it's almost if you can prove that you've done say four you've gone to the gym four times in a week or three times in a week Maybe give get a, get an extra allowance. Do you know what I mean? From something something like that. Just if you can prove it, like that you're being active, that you're gonna take, you're not gonna be costing the health service money. So a sort of thing where if you go to gym, the government give you a uh, an allowance towards your membership, sort of thing. Yeah, kind of thing. Like if you if you can prove that you're you're signing in, you're you're in there doing work, you're you're in there working out, say like at least forty minutes to an hour, four times a week. That's that's you're you're improving yourself, you're improving your health, you're improving your well being. And you're going to be less of a drain on the state when it comes to medical expenses. You're yeah. not going to be as unhealthy. You're not going to get as many diseases, and they won't hit you as hard. Like, do you know what I mean? I just think if you if they could like introduce incentives like that to make people healthier, yeah. it might be a better idea than like going forward, obviously, because you can't just keep shutting things down. No, I think the thing with gym is as well. Like people are afraid to go. They're afraid to make that fourth step. They're thinking like, oh, if I go to gym, I don't know what I'm doing. People are going to judge me. I've been to probably about four different gyms in my life maybe more and all the staff in there they're always so helpful they're willing to help you they're willing to come over and show you all the exercises how to do everything properly so i think there is that sticking around gyms that people go and they're bodybuilders they're gonna look at you because you and laugh at you because you're not doing it right or don't know what you're doing or your little skinny arms or skinny legs or whatever like no one cares sure even at the like to go along with that as well as like so that's the mental side of it. Another bit of the mental side is the diet, like, and a lot of people kind of give up too early. And you know, like I tell you, you've I've I've done this myself. Where I've been doing well on the diet. I've done two weeks. I've been dedicated and I'm delighted with myself. I'll have one t- like meal or one thing that's bad, one thing that's fucking sugary, or full of fat, and afterwards it's almost like the diet goes out the fucking window. Yeah, do you know what I mean? And it's it's about like mo- not more so like your motivation. It's about your discipline, like you know, it's about being able to go right. So well, I had something bad. Right, well, back on the grind now. Do you know what I mean? You don't yeah. fuck out. You don't. You don't fuck out everything. You know what I mean? Like you don't fuck it all away. You're after starting to work for it. Like what's a Shia LaBeouf said? I hate that I'm quoting Shia LaBeouf. It's like why do you if you hate starting? Why do you st- why do you stop in the first place? Like yeah. or if you hate restarting, why did you stop in the first place? You know. The hardest thing I find is stick it to the diet. Cause I'm such a fussy eater. Like I only onions. Like there's loads of show I only eat, and I find it hard to stick to a diet. So. I train twice a week, match on a Sunday the other time, and then I try to go to the gym at least once a week. So I'm working out basically four times a week, essentially. Yeah. Which is good on paper and good in, in theory, but my diet, it can be, like, in the past week or two, it, it is getting better, but, like, I don't eat free around. Well, that's that's one of the things that you have to look to work look work towards, and then even if there is certain things like parts of your, like your diet that you want to change, or you just don't even like the food, like say if there's certain foods you said they're fruit, like find different ways that you can substitute things. Like, so if you're not getting like say certain vitamins that you would get from fruit or certain minerals or whatever, why not why not subsidize them by taking like 
I don't know, like vitamin C or vitamin D. Like I take a vitamin D capsule every second day, and I, I, I'd say that's why I stay so happy all the time. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. Like we're deficient of it over here, so there's a lot of things that people should be taking. There's a lot of ways to supplement yourself and a lot of ways to add to your diet. But opening your mind up to different things. Now I'm very fussy at eating as well, but I try to do it, like especially more so now. If you open your mind up to different things, like it's it's a lot better for you in the long term. You know what I mean? Like dieting is not about just going and eating a salad, starving yourself, and just eating veg and fruit all day. Like you can have a bar that's not doesn't have loads of calories or saturated fats and all like, there is stuff out there you can eat yeah if you work hard enough genuinely if you work hard enough you eat whatever the fuck you want that, that's that's a fact of life i used to eat seven to eight meals a day when i was in sixth year but it was only because i was going to the gym four times a week doing like, either one or two kickboxing trains a week had a football training and then a match at the weekend so it was constantly go 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 like like and like that's not counting like other activities you're doing as well that's just off the top of my head but if you're, I, I, there wasn't a pick on me back then because I was burning everything off because you were using the fuel like because people aren't active enough so like even with your diet your diet it is 80% of it but if you don't move and eat the, like the healthiest person in the world you're not gonna end up looking like Arnold do you know what I mean like you look like hey Arnold yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm back in school I used to fucking I was trained every day of the week if not twice a day I was what I'd have to, uh, basketball and a Monday and a Wednesday had football training on Tuesday got trained on Wednesday as well as basketball football training on Thursday I think it was free Friday and the match Saturday and the match Sunday there you go every day of the week and every then I go and fuck my leg up and I was out for six years and that all stopped what but was it exactly what, what what did you do to your legs I can actually see the scar there in front of me on your knee like it actually healed up better than it was yeah when I got the second operation done people in school call me sluggy kneecap because it looked like a slow coming knee obviously why because it was a decent size card I don't imagine yeah, what, see the, what was the actual injury itself so <laughs> I was in Fairview Park playing football and this is before the knee in, and we were playing on one pitch down beside the barcode down that end and oh, no, we're, well, yeah. <laughs> I don't ever pinned to it by the swim pill <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I was playing football and we were warming up and one of the balls went over behind the goal and I went to get it, went to kick it back to one of the lads. I thought my foot was on the grass, but it was actually on the edge of the path. I slipped, hurt my elbow, but I could move it. I'm like, ah, oh, I'm grand. Then after like five, ten minutes in the warm up, my arm started to get real stiff. Yeah. So, went to get it checked out. I think I fractured my elbow. I was in a sling, so it wasn't that bad. I right. think it's a fracture or a sprain, but it wasn't broke. So I was in that for about six weeks. Then went back to the doctor from final checkup and I kept asking him through all this uh, recovery. I was like, when can I go back playing football? And he goes, relax, will you just heal up for us? But at the last uh, consultation, he said to me, you can go back playing in two weeks. I was like, grand. So a week and a half later, we had a, f- a friendly match in Fairview Park again. Yep. And I said to myself, it's a week and a half. It's only a few days short, two weeks. I'm going to get back and get back playing and training and whatever. So went to the match warmed up grand match started and I was in goal we were pressed up the pitch team the halfway line ball came over the top and I ran out to clear and I don't know what happened I think my foot went into a pothole I don't know actually what happened because it happened so quickly and next of all I'm on the ground wasn't any pain at all but yeah I was crying and I just yeah. yeah I just knew something was up I think the adrenaline kicked in that's why I didn't feel it yeah and the match was obviously stopped ambulance was called 
and the ambulance men came over they couldn't get the ambulance in for some reason so they brought a trolley over or a wheelchair yeah. and they asked the two smallest lads on my team to help pick me up oh, and put me in the fucks. fucking wheelchair they wouldn't do it themselves right, just for a bit of reference here Harron's sitting in front of me six foot seven so like picking the yeah. two smallest lads <laughs> not the best so, well, this happened in 2010 so six I was three down the <laughs> <laughs> so I was what uh, 2010 I would have been 15 at the time so about six foot three as you said yeah. wasn't, wasn't that heavy but anyway um, got into the wheelchair gone to the ambulance wrapped it up in a towel actually which was weird and got to Temple Street and he said he couldn't do an x-ray unless my leg was straight so none of the nurse or doctor wanted to do it Yeah. and of course my dad said yeah I'll do it so my dad grabbed my ankle oh. and straightened my leg out and I couldn't feel it like it wasn't sore at but I could feel all the bones moving around because they're all broken and loose now. So, so what was the, what was the injury? Did you was it like platella? Did you fuck your knee up? Or a whole was lot. It a you name it, I've done it. My <laughs> kneecap was sitting on top of my shin guard, like it was down there. Oh fuck me! Man. And my dad took a picture of it. And you see the outline, of the shin guard, and my kneecap, and all that. Where did the shin guard stop and the kneecap begin? Kind of <laughs> literally, thing, like. yeah. And uh, I think I broke this bone. I done something here. You can't really see if you're on Spotify. That's where you should go to our YouTube channel. Just saying. Yeah, you go to um, the YouTube channel, subscribe, and we might even send you a follow, Aaron Scar. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, muscles, ligaments, everything that's in my knee was gone. Yeah. And uh, had an operation that was only supposed to be like an hour. Little keyhole yoke. See that thing there? Yeah, I do indeed. That was supposed to be the original scar. And then the more they cut in, the more damage you're seeing. Fuck. So the scar goes from there down to like there. And I had a, uh, two pins and a rod in a figure right put on my knee. And I had a half cast on for, which was hard at the back of my leg, yeah. for like a week to let the paper, uh, the, the stitches, stitches heal, yeah. And at the time I was doing my junior cert. <laughs> and this half cast, I don't know why, but I couldn't lift my leg off the ground for some reason. I don't know why. See, we've you've done damage to the top of your leg here, just above your knee. I'd imagine a lot of the power would have went out of your leg. So N- that, could, that could be it. Like, you know, not I mean? only that, I think it's, it's something to do with casters. Felt like a being down on me leg. Yeah, I literally couldn't lift it. And trying to get out of bed to get to my junior cert was a fucking pain in the arse. I'd say so. Did they get the two smallest lads on the team to come up and help you that day as well? No. <laughs> oh, another thing. While I was in the hospital, it was I went to Temple Street of all places because I was under sixteen. Yeah. Couldn't fit in the fucking bed. There's me, my leg straightened out. I had it. You had to get two pillows so my leg wouldn't hang off the bed. So it had it elevated so it'd stay on the bed. Yeah. But even still, it was hanging off the bed. But uh, not getting to my junior seat was a pain in the arse. Yeah, I'd say so, man. I'd say so. I had to sit across the back seat and I just about fit in. And I was in a wheelchair doing the junior seat. And there was no ramp into the school at the time. So my PE teacher was like fucking 6'8, like built like a rugby player, big fucker. Had to help me get into this into the, the skill. I had to be in a room by myself. And do you ever see the leg extenders on a wheelchair? Yeah. I had to have that on. So there's me going in like this in a wheelchair <laughs> to do my junior cert. I was like, "What's wrong with you?" I'm like, "I want my finger. What the fuck thing happened?" <laughs> <laughs> so it was a bit of a struggle doing that exam. But luckily, I didn't have another exam until the week after. So. But time my next exam came round, I had a full cast on. I was on crutches so we could fly around. But uh, well, like at least to start the heal, yeah. Has it given you any actually? Did it ever give you any problems afterwards? Like when I had the metal stuff in, 
in the winter time when I had it in, it was sore because apparently it expands in your leg. Yeah, that so was so the, the cold make it contract and then oh, the contract, heat make yeah, it expand there. Yeah, so if you have any metal, I'd imagine that would be excruciatingly painful. Yeah, so the metal was expanding in my leg or whatever, and uh, I was in so much pain with that. But then I think it was about a year later, I uh, I went back and he said they can take the rod out because uh, my leg healed that much. I was like, oh yeah, Grant, and got that out woke up from the operation but I actually didn't wake up I, they couldn't wake me up they had to give me oxygen to wake me up <laughs> I was passed out for ages Jesus. and as soon as they gave me oxygen I was wide awake but uh, they said that they, because my leg healed up so well they took the pins out as well that's why I have a scar at the side of the leg as well and that's the from the second operation where they took the rod out that, yeah. that bit so that was all grand the rod actually broke my leg it snapped fucking hell they said that was from the muscle though I don't know. I don't believe them. Yeah. So he fell in school in the hall. So I'm pretty sure that's what broke it. And you didn't tell them that, I'd imagine. No. <laughs> so even doing the physio, they always said to me, "Oh, do this exercise, do this, make sure you're doing this." I didn't do a fucking thing at home. And every time I went back to them, they're like, "Oh, you're doing great. You must be doing loads at home." Like, no. <laughs> that's why I stopped going to physio. But like, uh, there. I don't know if it still does it now. But if I straighten my leg out, like say, if I went to straighten up like that now, you could hear it crunching or cracking and that's not your kneecap bone yeah. there is gel behind that right. and mine's rough so that's the noise of it moving that, it's like a crunchy noise but that's what it is essentially right. I don't know if it still does an now but if I stood up now you could literally see the difference between my two legs like my right leg is like three times the size of my left leg muscle wise that's what it is your meniscus behind the knee yeah that's that was rough at the time you damaged that yeah i'd say you did a lot of yes yeah. so for a while that was uh a bit crunchy when i straightened my leg out which was like i'm well i even think of it now i get the shivers and because i hate all that shit oh i get you like i, I like in fairness I, i've never experienced like a really catastrophic injury the worst injury i think i've ever had is i broke my arm when i was six oh, you know what i mean like and then just for a reference here see my arm straight it was like an s Ah, yeah. but they were only you now. This is the the beauty of being a child when you get an injury like that. So I was running in the playground and I, I tripped over a slide, but <laughs> it was yeah, exactly yeah. It was not not nothing mad. I was playing playing chasing. I tripped over a slide. Yeah, uh, so I got up off the ground and I don't really have like really really strong memories of. It. I remember people looking at me being like. <gasps> Like Johnny, we're only six and all, and then I seen. Well, I remember my teacher's face very kind of vividly when she realised what happened, and then uh, this is in school. This was in school, so we were playing in the playground. We were brought across the playground because the playground was only around the corner from our oh, school. I anyway. say you must have went to a fucking private school to have a playground. No, no, just <laughs> school down the road. They were never allowed to go back to the playground afterwards, so I got full full responsibility for that. Um, but yeah, so that happened. But when my arm broke, it was actually that clean of a break so you know the way with kids bones obviously they haven't fused fully so i was only six when this happened so instead of having to get an invasive surgery they were able to actually manipulate they brought me into the operating theater and realized they were actually just able to manipulate my bones back into place so when they put a cast on me my bones were able to go back to normal without any surgery so no scar on my arm over that's mad but uh i'll give you a funny injury story here i was in santa ponza with the lads we were speaking about holidays earlier so holidays and injuries in the one story we're in BCM and uh, we're after going to see Hardwell and we're going to see Example. And there's a water party downstairs. And in this water party, the water there was like water on the floor, but it was say like three or four inches deep. So you could run and slide and it was a fucking great buzz. But some Scottish dude uh, came over to me, he was like, Here man, do you wanna uh, do you wanna slide tackle someone? 
And I was hammered, so I was like, yeah, I do want to slide tackle someone. So, ran, I picked my target very well. Unfortunately, my, the person I fucking slide tackled jumped. So I clipped their ankles and took out two more people behind them. <laughs> and decided me being hammered, I was like, this is a great idea. I'll just run and jump in my stomach. No one knows me. So I ran and jumped in my stomach and didn't realise how close the wall was. I went shoulder first into the wall and dislocated my shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> so, there's me. I walk over to the lads. I'm holding my arm. Like, like nothing's wrong with me. Like, Because it wasn't actually that sore. It was just sore hitting the wall. It wasn't really a sore thing with the shoulder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I walk over to the lads and one of them goes, uh, come here. What, why are you holding your arm? What's up with you? And I went, oh yeah. And the arm dropped a little bit when I let go of it. So fast forward about five minutes. I'm standing bar side with a towel in my mouth. But one of the lads trying to put my shoulder back in. And to say oh, I remember anything from it would be a fucking lie. <laughs> but imagine mm. I blacked out a little bit from the pain. But it was pretty funny. Like, and I went home. Okay. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. So when you're slide tackling people on a holiday in a nightclub, <laughs> just be aware you can injure yourself. Just be aware of the walls. Beware of the walls. Beware of your surroundings. <laughs> be a bit of a Leo Messi. Have your head on a swivel like a praying mantis. Do you ever go away in uh, in secondary school? Do you ever go on uh, any school trips like abroad? Oh yeah, I went to uh, I went to Germany and in that was in fourth year and then I went to where was it? Innsbruck in Austria in second year. That was brilliant. We went skiing there. That That's was deadly. absolutely amazing. Class. Yeah. So when we were there, we were all uh, Innsbruck back in the like, it was either the nineteen fifties or the nineteen sixties hosted the Winter Olympics. So all the pieces and all like all the slopes were complete. They're, they're the exact same. Like, yeah, yeah. We only got fresh snow that week as well. So it was it was really really it was like perfect conditions. So like, we were only hot that week as well. But we were brought out onto the black slopes and everything, and it was absolutely incredible. There w- there was one point where uh, we were brought up onto the women's Olympic black slope, and uh, it was the only clear day of like say the, we were brought up in like groups of like three different groups so we were out of the second group or the last group to go up and we're the only ones that got a clear day at the top of the mountains and at this one point you can see five different countries from where we were standing Class. so if you look to the right you can see say france to the right of that there was switzerland germany yeah we were already in austria and then you could see i'm not even too sure but it was absolutely <laughs> amazing we were the only ones that got the the full view that day but absolutely fantastic austria if anyone hasn't gone there go to a beautiful country I'm actually well jealous. I missed out on two, well, three in total skill trips, but two of them were abroad because oh, yeah. of my leg. Oh, um, I missed out on going skiing. I don't know where it was. I'm assuming Switzerland or Austria. And I missed out on going to the north of Spain. What's it called? The fucking. Uh, Andorra? Or is it the Basque Country? No. I can't think of the name. There's a name for it where they go. But they cycle across the top of Spain, really. Oh, I know, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I can't, I can't think of the name. Life me. There is a, there's a race, famous race that goes through there. I think the, it it's like the Italian version, of the, um, the Tour de France. Oh, not the Italian version. Jesus, this is Giro d'Italia. <laughs> <laughs> the Spanish version of uh, of Tour de France or Giro d'Italia. I can't think of the name. Life me. Like one of mine, I was walking to the time, and the physio said I can't go because it's a lot of cycling. Like I literally saw cycling across the like proper top of Spain. I said, "Now your leg won't hold up." And some of the stories I've heard from lads on that holiday, like I'm devastated and go. I'm actually like raging. It's Talk. one of them things, man. They are they're very, very good for team building and just for like yeah. kind of getting a good like spirit around the around the year. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. we, like after them sort of trips, like we did actually, we were a lot closer, even with people that you wouldn't have known too well going over. You were a lot closer. At least you felt a lot closer to them coming back from it. You know, just from the shared experience. I went on one school trip abroad in forest year. I went to. Disneyland Paris oh lovely we got the boat to England to Holyhead drove from there down to Portsmouth I believe 
down the south of England and then got the bow over oh, Harry him. Redknapp country yeah oh. and I seen him uh, with his hand at the window oh, yeah. giving interviews that's <laughs> it looking for Nico Cranchar was he <laughs> and uh, we got the overnight bow to France then drove to Paris then and stayed over I think we only there for like four days but it's fucking unreal oh brilliant like loads of lads well, would you be in force you're like fucking 12 or 13 or whatever loads of lads gone to Paris and all and Disneyland went to a war park and all and oh, it was fucking unreal that's fantastic sounds great that actually yeah. sounds a great crack we're, we were actually supposed to go back me and Adrian bring my little sister and her little butter in March last year no I don't know when we had it booked for it was sometime just before the pan- after the pandemic I bet the cancel so we're looking at going b- probably back there next year but I don't know how I feel about Paris mm. it's a bit of a dodgy place yeah so I've heard to be honest same with Rome we went to Rome there December before Rome hit and we were there for like five days or a week and we flew in to Rome obviously and our hotel was right in the centre of Rome it was right beside the Trevi Fountain oh. like literally two steps away from it so it was a good drive in and instead of paying for a taxi and that would have cost about bleeding what 60 I, I would have thought it would have cost nearly 100 quid but apparently to have a taxi service over there that only charge a set fee to the airport or something but I didn't know that oh, right. so I ended up booking the bus to bring us to a bus station that was like a 15 minute walk from the hotel got to the bus station got, got out Google Maps like a proper tourist and we walked to the hotel and we had our suitcases and bags on our back and on the way to the hotel like Aiden was walking behind me she got Aaron as well turned around and the whole bag was opened and someone was trying to rob her fucking and hell she turned around and it was like two L an L flat and an L one and my iPad was in there and he shot me with the top of my iPad was gone looked at me everything was there so when felt something on her back she turned around and he just fucked off and that just set the tone for the holiday like I love art and I love history and all that I love looking at all the buildings I love going to the Vatican City the Vatican City was my favourite part it's unreal yeah I've heard but it's beautiful like. just walking around I, was, I was, always felt on edge like I know no one's going to do anything to me I'm fucking 6, 7 like, yeah. <laughs> I'll probably give off that presence I'll fucking knock any cunt out but yeah. <laughs> um, the usual shit like it's notorious for robbing so I left nothing in my pockets oh, I walked around you. with a little fanny pack that went over my shoulder sort of thing yeah. and everything went into that and just and I got sick as well on the Wednesday so I did enjoy it but at the same time I didn't no I understand completely because I remember Barcelona had a bit of a vibe like that as well and we were oh, told we're Bar- Barcelona, we were, we were heading up there and they said it's oh, this is the pickpocket capital of Europe so keep your shit on you like and then yeah. we were told that on the bus by, uh, by the tour guide so you know, I wouldn't mind a lovely city, but like it's it's one of them you, you should stand there on edge and like, not stand there on edge, but like at least have a bit of your wits about you. I wouldn't yeah. walk around there too pissed, like yeah, save yeah, that for when you get back to your apartment. <laughs> like my dad told me, like he's been there a few times. He warned me to watch out with pickpockets. I'm like, that's ah, probably like Dublin. Like you probably just go down the wrong so street or whatever. Ah, oh, Jesus! Public transport over there, it's rampant for pickpockets. Yeah, we never got public transport. Literally, yeah, I wouldn't bother. No, I really wouldn't. If I was you, unless you were going over to see a match or anything like that, or you like, you no, know, I wouldn't go over a match. No, they're Roma fans. Are oh, you're still yeah on Ro- Rome. No, no geez, Rome, Rome, Roma and Lazio fans. Yeah, I'd stay away from that stadium. <laughs> Fuck that. Yeah, I don't, don't want to die. <laughs> so they were the ones that put Sean Cox in the. Was it Rome or what? Rome, yeah. That Rome was back in what 2018, wasn't it? Was the. Uh, the, the lead up to 19, so it was 2018 yeah 2018 yeah and he's still 
at the same since. No, all because you went to a fucking football match, like. Oh no, it's disgraceful. Because it was only a thing. I remember listening to Talk Sport on your while ago, and they were talking about you know Alioski that was playing for Leeds last year. No, he was the left back off Leeds. Um, I think he's from North Macedonia, but he wasn't offered a new contract. So Galatasaray came along and said, "Come here, we'll take you." But Galatasaray and Leeds in the early two thousands, there was two Leeds fans killed in uh, Turkey at the away leg. So there was a big, uh, like a few, a lot of the fans didn't. They were kind of like, "Go on, like it's it's football. Like you have a career. Go, yeah. Like obviously you're going to go to a team that's offering you a contract rather than sitting there jobless." But there was a lot of them that had a, they took exception to it. Do you know what I mean? Like they weren't very happy with that for a move, but. It's it's with shit like that shouldn't happen in football. Like that's no. that's as you said there, Sean Cox, like his life has changed. Like those two lads that like that night fucking lost their lives, you know what I mean? Like over a fucking over football, like Yeah. I don't get the point, like I don't get the point of hooliganism by like, going out to look for a fight. No, there's there's like, something inherently wrong yeah. with people that do that, like. If you're going out looking for scraps, like regardless of whether it's football or not, if you're going out looking for scraps off people, there's something wrong with you. There's something yeah. lacking there, go sort yourself out. You know what I mean? Like, I'll be putting that shit on other people. Like, and there's people that like don't want to be hard men. Like they're at the back of the crowd, jumping around, their hoods up, yeah. and as soon as they they're the ones that fuck a bottle. Yeah. So they're the and ones in the back. Away. They're always the ones that throw something. Like. And the same ambulance comes like fuck the guards, like it. Yeah, there you go. Exactly <laughs> out there, out like a light. That's why I love the car because you can literally have a laugh and slag like yeah, literally th- rip th- the there's none of it. that in the guy and I've never even heard now I wouldn't be the biggest guy fan but I've never even heard a hool- hooliganism taking like, any any fucking part of guy like. never seen it all before never seen a fight well I've seen a drunk fella on the hill he was, I think he was a cork lad and what was uh, he doing in the hill I actually went to a neutral match oh oh. that's how big of a fan I am yeah <laughs> uh, but uh, we have a club fan over here <laughs> He was locked on the hill and he was just annoying people and someone told him to shut up and he went for him. Like that's literally the only thing I've seen. I haven't seen like any fights or like someone getting busted open or and well, that's that's the thing, it's a it's a different vibe altogether. But like hooliganism that you didn't you'd nearly like only associate with English football because of yeah. the way everything was years ago and even movies like Green Street, but it's a lot more prevalent than other places. Like it wouldn't you don't see much of it or hear much of it in England, but look at the likes of Ukraine. The likes of Italy. Poland. Like, Poland, yeah, there you go. Like there's there's a lot of fans there. Well, it's, it's claimed to be fans, but I think they just show up because they never made it into the UFC. Like, that was it, you know what I mean? Like, they're just looking for someone to take a scrap off. Of. Do you ever see the yoga on Netflix about, uh, there's a thing in, I think it's in Italy, and it's like they're playing football, but it's like U- football and UFC mixed together. I can't think of the name of it for the life of me. I think you actually told me to watch it. I do know what you're talking about. I can't, I can't remember for the life of me. Leave it with me and on the next episode we'll talk about this for definitely. We'll actually bring up a few clips of it next time once we have our young Jamie employed. <laughs> so if you're called Jamie and good at video stuff and podcast and gives a shit. Yeah, that's it. Have you named that Jamie Fuck Off? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> no, but I watched that and it's literally like UFC and football mixed together. Like you literally go and punch the head off each other then after you shake hands. <laughs> that's what I love though, like stuff like that. Like, fight in the UFC they hate what before but they always say the same thing if you have the balls to step in a ring they have respect yeah but that's the thing like it does it takes a lot of balls for to be if you, for anyone to do that like you know what I mean you have to put yourself in the shoes you're someone that's never mind if it's in front of like Madison Square Garden or the MGM Grand anything like that or even fucking Crow Park like if you're stepping in to a ring or an octagon and you're there across from another person that's trained to kick your head off your shoulders, you have a pair of bollocks the size of grapefruits. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. 
That's all coping jokes after bollocks. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like, but that, but that's the thing. Like, they, they, you cut from a different kind of cloth. Then, like, you have to be. Very, see, the, I, I don't know. Like the UFC, uh, MMA now, it, I I love it. You know, I, mean? I really do. I'm a huge, huge fan of it, and that's I have so much respect for the sort of people that that can get in there, that that believe in their own ability that much, to be able to go get the job done. And I've trained with lads that are at a high level in in martial arts, and like the dedication that they show, it's goes above and beyond what you need to be putting into a sport like yeah they are some of the greatest athletes you'll ever see in the world like some of the things they can do are incredible and not just in the ufc there's like look at one fc is brilliant as well bellator has some good shows even like the likes of around like in ireland you're looking at clan wars mma you're looking at the likes of cage warriors in the uk and ireland as well bama there's a lot of places to find that if you're really that interested in mma yeah. cage warriors actually have a card coming up uh, next saturday I'm definitely going to be tuning in so I think it's on the UFC 5 pass so if anyone's looking for a, and looking for a good night of entertainment why not jump on that is it this Saturday or the Saturday this goes out it's fine not oh that's a good question we don't know when this is going out actually <laughs> so if you have a date that'd be perfect yeah, we'll find out the date I'll find out the date now in a minute I'd love if UFC came to Crow Park yeah it'd be unbelievable because I remember just before the pandemic kicked off I bought tickets to go see Robert Whittaker against Darren Till it was supposed to be in the tree arena me and one of my mates were going to go and I've never been more excited for a fight in my entire life. And it's the two lads that were in it. Darren Till, Ro- uh, Robert Whittaker. Robert Whittaker's one of the best fighters I've ever seen. Like Especially in that, that, that weight class. He's unbelievable. Yeah. And I can't wait for him and Izzy to fucking punch the head off each other. That's going to be incredible too. I remember me and mate went to Gymshark Oak in Nord ES. And Darren Till was going to be there. Well, I didn't have got a clue who he was. Because yeah. I wasn't a big UFC fan. I literally like, followed McGregor and that was it. And when would this have been like? Um, probably about three, four years ago. It wasn't that long, but three, four years ago, and the Jim Shark event was on, and uh, I wanted to go in. Like I was, now was longer than that. When did we work together? The fourth time. Was it about probably three? Yeah, what about four or five years ago? Back when I used to hit the gym, I thought I was fucking skinny with a bit of muscle on me I was like oh yeah I might go get a nice discount on a Gymshark you know the usual shite yeah. you get a bit of muscle you go buy Gymshark the first thing you that's do that's you start looking <laughs> at your arms and literally where'd yeah. you come from <laughs> and uh, it turns out Darren Hill was going to be there so we mate wanted to go to see him and I wanted to go maybe get a few discounts on the top or whatever but everything was mad expensive but he met Darren Hill and I met the founder of Gymshark Ben Francis oh daddy and it's not as if like he was oh, just yeah. in the corner with security and he had to line up to get a picture he'd literally walking around like a normal lad and he'd rather than like going up taking a picture and fucking off he'd let, like stand there and have a chat with you oh unreal he was so down like he was so sound so down to earth oh, happy days uh, yeah just for a uh, reference here it's not this weekend it's not the 24, 25, 26 it's the following weekend going into oh, so the week this is out yeah so that'll be the week this is out then yeah so if anyone's listening tune into Cage Warriors you'll actually probably see some absolutely cracking fights especially if you have fight pass there you may as well let's go back on what we said it's this Saturday (laughs) (laughs) you're right the first time so I was right the first time (laughs) happy days but uh, I like have a like I think another reason why I wanted to go to that because I seen him on YouTube like he's so open what he does he puts everything out there and the way he built from nothing and he signed like a billion pound deal there I think it was last year or the year before like that's some inspiration like a lad just literally setting up a business from his house selling gym stuff to where he is now and to document it as well if you want to search him on YouTube his name is Brent Francis he has a few videos and interviews and all that shit like he's real sound and 
he's so open like everything's out there oh, and he's always willing to help himself. he's always willing to help like, like there was a fella in front of me asking him for tips on how to like grow his business and how to get into stuff and he literally stood there for about 10-15 minutes just trying to explain to him and help him random saying uh being yourself oh do you, like he actually properly helped him he was actually able to give him advice that he would be yeah. ready to use like and I thought I was literally going up for a picture and I ended up standing there ta- chatting for about 20 minutes to him yeah like he's so sound oh brilliant well, like that. it's always great when you meet someone like that and they come across as the sort of person like they actually are they come across as the sort of person you'd actually like to chat to again like just so that old phrase like you never want to meet your heroes now obviously he's not a hero yeah, to yeah. you but still you might have gone in there thinking like oh, I bet you this guy's a bit of a dick or something like that and come out then being like this is he's a sound dude I'm delighted he's actually doing so well for himself do you know was actually really sound to him I met by mistake I didn't know who was him at the time yeah when I was doing deliveries for that place we walked together in. Oh yeah, that place. Yeah, <laughs> that won't be named. Yeah, oh, um, no, we can't name that. Done delivery, and we were trying to find this gaff. Pulled into Google Maps, and we pulled up, and we thought we were at the right place. And the gates were like about six foot tall, like fairly tall gates. I was trying to look over the gates, see what number of gaff it was. And I was having a look around. The next while, someone was down the top window. He goes, "Yeah, all right, mate." It's like, "Yeah, I'm just trying to find the." Uh, one, two, three, fake street, wherever the fuck it was. Is this it? He goes, yeah, this is it. What? I was like, it's delivery. So, goes, I'll be down now. So, he came down, came into the front gate. He goes, what does he have? I was like, oh, I have a delivery for X person. I'm from this company, blah, blah, blah. And I showed him the page we had, docket, basically. And he goes, yeah, this is the address, but that person doesn't live here. I'll ring my wife and see what she says. And uh, he rang his wife and we were standing there, like, chatting. We were, like, so confused about what's going on. So I tried to ring the numbers on the on the docket, and next of all, someone down the road, about probably five doors down, was uh, standing there like, yeah, that's me, blah, 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 but the person that helped us was, and the chap was trying to sort it out, didn't have to come out, didn't have to help us, but I was standing there, and he looked real familiar to me. I went down, like, I was standing there, like, with a big, confused face on me, and I walked down to you, and I was like, do you know who that is that lives down the end of the street there that helped me? Oh, yeah, that's Brian O'Driscoll. No way. <laughs> yeah. Fair play to him. So now just came out and helped us like didn't tell us to fuck off or didn't think we we're robbing the place. Leach came out nice lad, helped us and I'm not a big rookie fan, so I know of like I know who he is, I know I'm seeing him on the telly, but when I seen him in person I was like a bit confused. Yeah, I wouldn't mind. It's actually great to hear that he's a sound dude. Like, oh, he's a, is, he's a, oh, a fucking fabulous rugby player back in the day. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, unbelievable. I wasn't a big rugby fan, but every time I watched Ireland play, I used to love watching watching him. And uh, he represented the country better than, better than anyone. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Really, he wore, the, he wore the flag on his chest, that fella. Like, yeah. like I was fucking fair play to him for everything that he did. Like, yeah. I used to love watching Stringer as well. Peter Stringer, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Little foil, I don't know what size he was, but compared to all the rugby lads, he was like a little kid to them, and the way he moved around and oh. a lot. remember you'd see him standing in between John, uh, John o, what's it, Paul O'Connell and Blake. Yes, yeah, the, big Hayes f- <laughs> the biggest lads in the team. You're going to be a bleeding Peter Stringer Sambo coming down in a minute. <laughs> like, I love sport and all, but rugby is just one thing I couldn't get into. Rugby was a. Uh, I, I, I played one game of rugby when I was younger. It did not go well for me. <laughs> I think I got a try or two and I got absolutely creamed. Not even an attacker, in a rock, someone stood on my head and I was like, you know what? Jesus. No, <laughs> I don't want this. I was only like 10, just tore me off it completely. Obviously, it just didn't didn't really suit me, to be honest. I didn't really like having that many bruises on my face. <laughs> it's uh, bad enough staying a fucking six or seven, yeah, 20 stone fella run towards you 
They see the studs they wear. Oh, come here. You can, I, you can only imagine. <laughs> I was 10 and I didn't like that. Imagine the poor bastards getting a tackle now. Like, and these are like super athletes, some of them. Like, oh, my, oh, my days. Like, you'd be taken off the map. You'd be in a coma after one tackle, man. Yeah. Clothesline from hell from Brian O'Driscoll. Like, it wouldn't be the best thing in the world. Do you ever see uh, rugby tackles worse hits? Yeah, I have, oh yeah. That put the fear of God into you, man. That, that would literally... Oh, no. <laughs> I was asked to play rugby in secondary school, but one, I hadn't got time, and two, I didn't know anything about it, I didn't know the rules about it, and I wasn't arse learning it. See, I would have played it had they played it in my school. It's just like, it wasn't arse trekking out to fucking to Contarf to do it. Like. And obviously getting the head stood on really was a big factor there too. <laughs> I'm kind of glad I got in primary school, I was offered a scholarship to Belvedere. Yeah. And uh, I didn't take it because one, I thought it was too far. Like when I was younger, I thought town was fucking like fucking Kildare or something like miles away. <laughs> so that was one of the reasons why I didn't take it. But I say if I would have went there, I probably would end up playing rugby. You probably would have, yeah. So I think it's compulsory for the first year anyway. Like fuck off. I think so, yeah. I don't know. At least it's either there in CUS. It's compulsory for a year, but I'm, I'm not too sure which one. And I'm not, it might even be both. But I, I know at least one of them. It's compulsory for the first year to do it. As I said, everything happens for a reason. I wouldn't be where I am today. I wouldn't have met you, probably, because yeah, I went to Belvedere. I should have fucking Belvedere. I should have went fucking I should have went fucking Belvedere. I won't be sitting here doing this. Oh, there you go. I'll be on the fucking beach, multi-millionaire. You'd be in a proper studio. <laughs> proper. Although we have the... With proper mics and proper 12. <laughs> These are actually proper mics. Yeah, yeah, it's the only proper thing in the room. <laughs> yeah. The only proper thing about this proper tree. <laughs> But uh, that's I try not to live in the past. I do what makes me happy, and I literally over the past probably year or two, I definitely do things that make me happy. You know yourself, I've been. I'm an, as you and me, more than anything, that's fucking great to hear. Like. Yeah, do you know what I mean. That's absolutely fantastic. And like, I like to think I'm doing something similar. You know what I mean? No, but people yeah. put too much stress on themselves try to please others. Oh, well, that's it. And like perfectionism and everything like that. Like that was one thing that affected me so much. I would say so because, in fairness, if you want to, if you're gonna do something, you want it done properly. Yeah. That being said, if anyone's watching this on video, you can see the wall isn't even fully painted, so <laughs> I'm not really one to do shit properly. Why is there an X in the wall? Uh, it marks the spot. Fair enough. Yeah. What spot is it? G spot. Don't know. Never found it. I love to set up. It's like, see, if you would have said to someone this is a proper studio, they would have believed you. You think so? Well, yeah. maybe if we're facing that way, perhaps, but like, you know what I mean? <laughs> a nice little paint job might square the telly up so it's actually perfectly in between the two guitars. I'll get the decks firing up one of the days. We'll have it looking properly. We can uh, do that for one of our shows. Yeah, we could. Show. We have the strobe lights <laughs> behind the camera there and everything. Oh, so, fuck. Yeah, there's five different <laughs> sets of strobe lights. This is a rave cave. This is a proper after session. Proper after session, man. That's what you want. That's what you have. I had a few down the other night, man. And it's the first time we had people dancing here. The lights were going underneath there. Fucking brilliant. Absolutely great. Love when things like that happen. You're just back off a holiday. You don't miss the holiday as much. <laughs> do, you reckon, do you reckon uh, people are going to go heavier this time around? Nightclubs are open and all that. Like, do you think people are going to be more inclined to go out and drink more? Just because they can. I see, I'm really kind of like, this is what kind of perplexes me about it. Because obviously people have been drinking in their houses. But I noticed myself, my tolerance has gone to shit in comparison to where it used to be. And that's not a bad thing because like, you spend too much money. I used to, like be personally, I'd always spend way too much money on nights out and I'd be broke. Like. Hmm. But now I feel like if I went out and had six or seven pints, I'd be like, I'd feel it. I'd, I'd really feel it. Like. And then by about eight or nine, I don't think I'd be feeling fucking anything. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. 
So I don't know. It really does depend. I, I think at the start you're going to see a lot of people are going to be very fucking messy. There'll be a lot of vomit and a lot of dance floors, and a lot of people getting put into. They're probably gonna have to reopen the drunk tanks and most of the pubs because there won't be enough taxis to get all the drunk fuckers. Home. Yeah. Well, sure. Look, we'll, we'll see what happens. And I honestly cannot wait. I cannot wait for when nightclubs fully reopen and WAP comes on. Oh, for God's sake! <laughs> I heard someone saying that when it was in Lanzarote and genuinely everyone in the club went. Yeah, she has a fucking point there. Yeah. No, but God no. Clubs in general. Clubs in general. They're, they're well needed. Because even when you work from home, and even with the pubs being open and everything like that, it's it's not the same. So like, you can go to a pub, lovely. You can go and sit down and have your pint brought over to you, lovely. I'd rather go to the bar and order. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'd like to be able to get up and have a dance. I'd like to be able to hear a bit of music. You want to do a shot at the bar with some random stranger? Exactly. Even <laughs> if it is the same yonfer that's sitting there playing the same fucking five songs every day for the last ten years, it's better than nothing. You know what I mean? Like. All I can say is, note to self, never drink with Adam on an empty stomach after pre-drinking in your gaff all day. Nope. You're Worst decision. The furniture. With a lamp. Yeah. <laughs> you still miss that lamp, too. I do. I miss it. I dream about it every day. Every day. <laughs> Mate, I, that was the biggest mistake in my life. Not to save our bullets beforehand, but the biggest mistake Yeah. <laughs> pre-drinking in the morning, I never pre-drink. I literally just go out and enjoy my night, save money, whatever. I don't know why I pre- pre-drink that day. Didn't eat all day, bar breakfast, and then drinking with you. The, the only person that I know that I can handle a drink in around the same as me, if not better. So I can appreciate it in that sense. But that night, that night, you fucked me up. You're like, Aaron, come on, we do a silver bullet. My pleasure. It's like, come on, we do a silver bullet. I'm like, what's that? Ah, oh, it's Sambuca and tequila mixed together. I'm like, fuck. And then I think we say no to a proposition like that, can you? What we have, we had sambuca, we had tequila, then we had them mixed together. We had we sambuca, had we, had, we had two tequilas, we had a sambuca. Remember this very clearly. We had two sambuca, two tequilas, one sambuca, and two silver bullets. And then I went to get the third silver bullet, and then your head went down on the bar a little bit. <laughs> so I drank mine, and then I nearly got sick on the bar. <laughs> and then I walked you over, and then you fell in love with the lamp. <laughs> I blacked out for like probably half an hour at night. You're probably better off with the lamp that night. Half of the. L ones and the gowns I know <laughs> that's the thing like when I get drunk I can I, th- I like to think I can recover quickly because I think after like half an hour blacking out and not knowing what happened I was nearly fresh as a daisy within half an hour yeah you were you were fairly fresh by the end of it so we ended up having to won't name any names you know who you are <laughs> we ended up having to fucking send that fucker back in the taxi do you know what I mean yeah, yeah. but uh he, he who falls asleep on the streets <laughs> I'm going to be scared. Yeah, we won't. We'll save that for another time. <laughs> Once again, you know who you are. But that wedding I went to last month in Trim Castle, first time I had a proper drink since, I don't know, before the pandemic, like years. Not years, about a year or so. I enjoyed that night. I drank to my heart's consent. I was going up every contention had bars of you. <laughs> Your heart's consent. My heart consented to it. <laughs> that's why I had to get permission. I had to get permission uh, from it. But all uh, the permissions lived, did you? <laughs> literally. <laughs> this, as soon as I could drink, I lashed them back. The fourth drink I had tasted so good, and not to toot my own horn, but no one could keep up with me. I went to the bar, and anyone around? Nah, nah, I'm Grant. Oh, I was in some state. 
that's it. Like, but you get yourself in one of them moods, and especially oh. when it's the first time drinking again, there's a different buzz in the air. Like, I think I probably had about 20 points in my mind joking. Yeah. Oh, I was in some state. And one mind, the next day was the semi final of the All Ireland. And I woke up next morning, hung over the bits, getting sick. But after a few hours, like, I was brand new, fresh as Daisy. Drove back to the drove back to Dublin, unfortunately, for the semi final, which we lost, which is heartbreaking. And then I ended up driving back to Trim that night. So I enjoyed that weekend, but at the same time I didn't. Yeah. Well, come here. Do you want to talk about a weekend you definitely did enjoy? Oh god. My first weekend in Lanzarote, you were in Dublin and you got to see the exact oh sorry, it was the second week I was in Lanzarote. You got to see the exact same thing that I got to see. And I'd say the smiles on our faces were just about as big. We got to see Mayo Lewis again. And that is just a fantastic oh. feeling. I don't know where this was going. No, it was <laughs> great, man. You get to see Mayo Lewis, man. It's just a yearly tradition that I fucking love. Not going to lie, watching that final, I was laughing. Big smile on my face. I was chuffed. Man, every bleeding shot went wide. Oh, that was great. Oh, it was brilliant. Like, it, was like, it was like a game of like who who wants to win this because no one seems to like. Do you know what I mean? It was that... The two Tyrone goals are fantastic though, the two, uh, two punches. Ah, oh, I don't know which goal it was, but Morgan's kick out, fucking kicked about 60, 70 yards. Man caught a clean midfield, laid it off, ran through on goal and scored. Like, it was beautiful. Yeah, it was fantastic. The run off the shoulder to kick out. Oh, it, was it was, it was actually really, it was a really good, it was a really interesting game to watch. And in fairness, I'd rather watch a game where Dublin aren't playing because it's not as predictable. Yeah, it's getting, I won't say boring, but for the first few years, from about 2011 up until about the five in a row was good but then after that I think it went downhill I'm not blame, blaming Desi around but I think I've talked to me mate about this and it feels like we're getting distant to the team like we don't have that connection anymore sort of thing yeah well if you're looking at it as well though the amount of players that have left over the last few years that would have been the core of the side that got five in a row and yeah. that started it off what was it 2011 when they beat Kerry the core of that team for the most part isn't there anymore and like, it's a natural like part of sport though like a lot of them have aged out of the team you're looking at a lot of younger players coming through that are trying to stamp that claim in the side so yeah. I, I, wouldn't say, I wouldn't have any fear for Dublin football going forward really like I'd say no. give them another two years before they start getting back up to the sort of the sort of level that they were at beforehand but what annoys me is other accounts are complaining that we're so good but they're not doing anything about it they're still at the same level they were but we're getting, but we're getting better why not put your money into your resources under fucking grassroots football develop your teams and try compete with us because for me as well it's shy going to a match where your fucking hockey teams fucking by 15-20 points that's why I love going to club football matches I love going to the Neller over Crow Park any day now I'm actually going on Sunday I think hopefully now oh, yeah, but uh, I'm not sure the matches but Ballybone Croaks Nafina and another team are playing. I don't know which team is playing which, but four probably the four best teams in the country are playing. Yeah, so you're getting you're gonna get good like good football regardless. Like, and I wouldn't yeah. mind it's probably a lot better. Like. Actually, when this is out, it's Sunday gone. So Sunday gone. So we'll get <laughs> insert results in the comments section. <laughs> well, I'd much rather go to the Neller because one, it's full of like I won't say proper fans, but they're loyal. No, I don't know what the word is. I'm looking for. I don't want to. Uh, don't alienate anyone. Yeah. Really, like. Yeah. But you know when you go to club football, it just feels like it's more of a communal vibe. It's the local yeah. vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah there, the it's, community, it's the parish it's, kind of thing. It's like, what I it? used to get when I went to Crow Park, looking for years. Like it's that feeling I get of a community of sense of 
it's what guys really all about yeah. like, you know what I mean like, yeah. at the end of the day guys is about the community as much as it is about football and, about and these club players like they're not some of them are the county players but majority of the teams are just normal lads who never played county so they're just literally like now in the county players are normal lads but then these are level below them sort of thing but yeah, they're not, not, as, yeah. not as well known they wouldn't be the first 15 on the county panel like. you'd get a few lads that'd be spotted in there from the county team yeah but what I'm saying is let's say you had the likes of uh, Ballymun Kickums they had about fucking six players on the Dublin team yeah. and the other players on, on the team wouldn't be as well known in Dublin and also outside of Dublin but the likes of James McCarthy is known fucking probably in New York and Australia yeah probably yeah so it did they're obviously getting sponsorships they're like a celebrity status sort of thing yeah so a lot of them get a lot of, I don't know if it's the same with every other team but I know a lot of the Dublin, the Dublin team they all get cars on the, they're also Mitsubishi's I think it is now Mitsubishi's yeah it's whoever sponsors them I know they well, get the cars super them. a lot of them get jobs in banks I know that's that because AIB he's an AIB they uh, employ a good few of them they do indeed they have a guy team and there's actually a few players in that team is there actually yeah. I'd imagine so yeah I did want to play for it but at the same time like, nah, I'm happy where I am yeah, <laughs> I'm still trying to get back to where the standard I want to be at. Yeah, well, all you can do is work towards it step by step, you know what I mean? And you get there by the end of the day. Like. That's why I want to try to get back into League of Ireland matches. I want to try all the more balls matches because I want to try support. I don't want to be like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm supporting Liverpool and never really go to matches. I've been to probably about three Liverpool matches. Whereas I can go to a football match on the doorstep and watch it live. Yeah, exactly. And I wouldn't mind the atmosphere in some of them League of Ireland, uh, League of Ireland games are absolutely fantastic. Yeah. And I can only imagine what they'd be like if they actually had full stadiums. Yeah, so even the match during the Aviva for the what's the Europe, Europe Conference, it? savage. I'd say, so, I'd say the atmosphere was absolutely electric. Oh, oh electric, mate. Like, <laughs> the Stewarts tried to separate people and social distance all that shit, but the fans behind the goal didn't give a rat. I wouldn't say so. Like, that's oh, the mate, it was fucking unbelievable. And I wouldn't mind the performances. Either. Like, you know, bowls, I'd pick them out of a bunch of the performances they put in were absolutely spectacular. Like, being picked. Pauk, yeah, yeah. they beat Pauk. And Pauk had a... They've like, the internationals and all on the yeah, team. Yeah, they had a striker playing up, up front that was a Portuguese international. So, they're looking at these, a, a, group of, like, a group of lads probably all from Dublin or all around the Cabra Fingers kind of area. Like, or a lot of them are anyway. Like, Bar George Kelly. <laughs> there you go, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, but like, look at that. That's a fantastic achievement, what they were able to do. Or what they were able to do. And even like the likes of... You're seeing League of Ireland football now is getting a bit more noticed with the likes of Stephen Kenny. You know, say what you want about yeah. it, it's the results <laughs> from the team, but it's nice to see lads from the League of Ireland actually getting a bit of a shout. The likes of a James Talbot, yeah, called up, even if it is like a, a case where you're not going to get picked. It's still the, the experience game. of going, the experience of being in the and club. even train with the lads, train like Seamus Coleman and fucking McLean. And well, that's it, like Seamus Coleman, consummate professional, like he'd be a, the perfect sort of head to have in that in that camp. Who was your favorite Irish player ever? Paul McGrath, ever, yeah, ever, yeah, hands down. Yeah, I used to watch videos of Paul McGrath before I played football matches. One match in particular, 94, World Cup against Italy. Used to watch his highlights from that before playing a big game. He'll be a second choice. <laughs> oh, we're going to go down that um, I'm just curious. The most se- second choice would be Roy Keane. I'd rather, I'd, like, even playing for what, I'd, I'd be happier with a tackle than a goal. Like. Do you know what I mean? I love a 50-50. So I used to love growing up. Steve Finnan. Steve Finnan. Steve Finnan was an absolute <laughs> ball. It's not the same for Ireland. They always got played left back for some reason and never made any sense to me. Like. Yeah. I don't know where that's, that's me being boys because I support Liverpool as well, but I used to love watching him growing up. Oh, he was good football. Very good football. Where did he end up leave? after Liverpool? He went to Espanyol, wasn't he? I haven't a clue, mate. He went off to Spain. I haven't a clue. Like that. He didn't <laughs> Ian Hart. <on. laughs> he hurt. Oh, my God. What a legend. Yeah, Ian Hart as well, yeah. 
fucking break my heart a few times playing for Leeds, but yeah. him, and Mar- <laughs> 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 him and him and fucking Mark Viduga. Oh jeez, Mark Viduga! Remember him? Now he came to life when he gave him a new contract. That was it. <laughs> Harry Kill as well. Fucking unreal for Leeds and came to us. Fucking like, the Aussies are fucking awful time now. <laughs> Oh, yeah, he was, yeah. He was the Australian fucking Cahill of everything. Okay, Timmy Cahill. He tried to play for Ireland. He wanted to play for Ireland for the Why? 2002 World Cup. Uh, as far as, well, <laughs> Cahill, like Cahill, Irish name, but he'd already gotten a cap for, um, I think it was like American Samoa or Western Samoa at the time. Uh, yeah, but why did West, you try to play for Ireland? Because he had Irish ancestry. <laughs> he was playing for uh, Preston. People want to leave Ireland. I know, yeah. But, uh, no, I d- he did well enough for himself, Timmy Cahill, in fairness, but that would have been some strike partnership. Robbie Keane and Timmy Cahill wouldn't have been too bad up front, would it? No, no, not at all. And this, yeah, you probably want to. Still not qualified for anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as much as like they're two great players, it's Ireland. Come on, yeah. be realistic. I wouldn't mind if you look at it as well. Now, like the teams that we've qualified with for tournaments in the last few years that haven't been anywhere near the standard of the sides that didn't qualify for tournaments a few years ago. Like you know what I mean? Like you're looking at the 2004 Euros, like not qualifying for that was. That was rough. Yeah. The 2006 World Cup, Germany, bro. And they were good sides. Like, even up as far as the 2010 World Cup, I, I still thought we had a decent side. Like, that even they did show in the qualifying that with the two World Cup finalists, the winners obviously and the runners of France and Italy were the winners. They drew with Italy twice and they drew a France over 90 minutes. Or they beat France in France over 90 minutes and lost in Dublin over 90 minutes. Jeez. You know what I mean? So we, saw we did have the caliber of player there at the time to actually maybe not win something but to challenge bigger teams and actually ask a few questions where now I think the fucking standard kind of felt like the if the ass fell out of Irish football do you know what I mean the standard yeah. it's, it's really dipped it really has it's, it, it's like that the last few years do you think 2010 World Cup was the best one ever considering the song that was played the players that were playing in it I personally wasn't a big fan of it no, I just I really wasn't. It was the the view who's there that did my head in. Apart from that, <laughs> <laughs> just watch it on mute. There's a lot of good, like mad memories from it. There was a lot of moments I remember. Mark Van Bommel not getting a yellow card throughout the entire tournament is one of the, the crazy things I've ever heard. Nigel De Jong deciding he was going to go into MMA and kick Javi Alonso in the in the heart in the chest. Yeah, uh, that was that moment to remember. Iniesta's goal as well. Joe, did you ever see the? He takes the top off. So he takes off his jersey. And written on the vest underneath is a message for Danny Harkey. One of his, um, it was he was a Spanish footballer. He died that year. He'd uh, collapsed on the pitch. I think he, he took a you know, sudden animal death. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's very poignant at the moment, obviously, with what happened to Christian Eriksen uh, in in the last Euros. But yeah, he took off the top and he dedicated the goal uh, to Danny Harkey. Fair play to him. Uh, he was yeah. a, I, I can't remember. I think was he was either he was a captain of a Spanish league side. So I can't remember who exactly it was though. But uh, yeah. Did you hear anything actually? See with Christian Eriksen, is he is he kind of ever play football again? Do you reckon? I say he can, but not a not at a top level yeah. kind of thing. I say he might go to, if he is to play again. He might go abroad to maybe America or back to Denmark or I won't. He won't be in the four, top five leagues. I don't think. Yeah, because I know Inter are still kind of running tests at the minute to try, but like that was. Genuinely, one of the scariest things I've ever seen in my entire life. Like, the scariest I, thing I've ever seen in my life was the Bahrain Grand Prix with Roman Grosjean. Oh my god! I watched that live. Oh me, my heart sank watching that. I thought he was dead. So did I. Oh my god! I it was oh, up there. It was a similar accident a few years ago. Do you remember Felipe Massa? 
Um, the spring came yeah. out of the car and hit him in the f- like only if that factory was wearing a helmet, he would have died. The spring came out and like hit, smacked him in the face. Like that's another spot for head cases <laughs> right there. Formula One. Uh, big respect for everyone, anyone that does that. Do you know what I mean? Even if your dad did buy the car and the team and, <laughs> <laughs> and everything else to go along with it. Headphones. I used to watch it when I was younger, and I used to play it on a PlayStation One or two whenever it was out. And uh, I've only got really got into it probably since. Probably about since Max was dabbing came back, started uh, driving since that 2016, 17. And it was, yeah, I think Max is my favorite driver. Yeah, I love He's him. Unbelievable. Are you a big fan of Fernando Alonso? And I, lo- I really yeah. love a fan of uh, Sebastian Be- Vettel as well. But Max Verstappen, legend. Did you see the Dutch Grand Prix? No, I actually didn't know. I didn't oh, mate, it. watch the highlights of it. The crowd is unbelievable. It's definitely on the book. Oh. What a sound! Beautiful, <laughs> isn't it? It's definitely on the book list. I love to go to a Grand Prix. It's expensive and all, but I'd love to go to the Dutch one and see Max drive. Whereabouts is the Dutch Grand Prix? Do you know? Not so I'll ask that again so the microphone can actually pick it up this time. <laughs> Whereabouts is the Dutch Grand Prix? Do you know? I can't pronounce it. I'm not too sure. I'm not surprised. It's probably a mad Dutch name. It's probably so simple. I don't know. I actually can't remember. Oh, fair, fair. But I'd love to go to it. I remember my mum and dad went to Monza before for uh, the Italian Grand Prix and when they went in they were handed air plugs because the cars had that loud going around the track even with the air plugs all you can hear is <laughs> like literally <laughs> unbelievable now they said the atmosphere was great and uh, <laughs> they met a celebrity that day who was flown in on a helicopter believe it or not Matt Lucas from uh, or Matt Lucas and I think David Williams it was one or the other the, the lads from Little Britain before came in on a helicopter that's deadly. Yeah, gas. Like, you always see, like, always see celebrities on the track there. Yeah. Um, do you ever see the clip of the American Grand Prix where some fella found a microphone beside a stand? Do you ever see the microphones that had to be like four yoke on yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. He found one of them beside a the stand. He went over to it, put his mouth beside it, and then Tommy Caron boy was like, meow, and they picked up on the telly. <laughs> it's so childish, but it's so fucking funny. Oh, that's brilliant. Just, <laughs> see Caron's going by only his. Meow, meow, meow. That reminds me of uh, there was the interview done on, uh, on the keys in Dublin only uh, only a few months ago, and uh, there was, it was talking about say drug use and all. I think I know what we're talking about. You know exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about. Right? He's like that, and cocaine use has spiked in Dublin. Your man comes along. I love. <laughs> it reminds me from something from like Fire the Head or something. Wouldn't it? Yeah, genuinely. That, that's it. Put straight over. So calm that one. Fire the Head. What a show. Oh, Fire the Head was brilliant. If that was made now. We cancelled. Yeah, oh, it wouldn't be made now. It wouldn't. Oh, God, no. Not a chance. Not a chance. <laughs> I, was, I remember I went to, I think it was the Gady, to see a, a show, and the man that plays Father Jack was in it. He looked so different. He does, doesn't he? Holy shit. Like, when I was only a kid, I went to see it, and my man goes to me, do you know what that is there? And my man goes, Father Jack from Father Ted, and like, fuck off. Yeah. Jesus. He does some work on that show. I bet you didn't say drink, feck, or arse once. Or oh, girls. Or oh, girl. <laughs> girls. What? What's the other one he says? Women's knickers. <laughs> Headcase. Whoever wrote that character is brilliant. Like, I thought, you know the, I mean? the man that, that played Ted, right? No? I don't know. I, I'd say Dermot Morgan did do a lot of the writing for the same guy that made uh, the IT crowd. I don't know. Big involved with Father Ted as well. Can't remember the, the name of the life of me at the minute. But. I need to watch that as well. Do you know who actually is a quite good stand-up from that show? Um, Dougal, Arden O'Hallon. 
he's quite good at stand up. Love to get him on. Yeah, he'd be brilliant. Ardle if you can hear me. <laughs> Ardle if you can hear me. <laughs> Ardle if you can hear me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and then I have a funny story for you as well. Mrs. Doyle. Uh, my dad used to be a taxi driver and he picked up Mrs. Doyle one night. Apparently she was a bitch. No. Uh, didn't even have a tip. What was name? Anyway. Didn't even <laughs> offer a cup of tea or nothing. Didn't even offer him a cup of tea. Bastard. I know, yeah. Probably be expected if Mrs. Doyle was in the car, just be like, I go on, I go on, go on, go on, go on. A red light, I go on. <laughs> Break the red light. Break that red light, I go on. Go on, go on, go on. Do you ever see the oak on uh, Netflix with Zach Efron? Uh, something to do with Earth and all that? No. I no. watched the, was either last year or the year before, I don't know when it came out. And uh, he's gone around the world to talk about like fucking global warming, hell and all this shit. Yeah. And he went to, he's been to a few places, he went to Iceland and he went to Italy. And when he was in Italy, he was taught, I think he done an episode on water. Okay. And now like the water you buy in the shop and all. Yeah. Some of that is not good for you, over what's in it. Okay, like what do you mean then? See, it was such a long time since I watched it, I don't want to fucking... You don't want to miss quality. Yeah. yeah. But he went somewhere where the water was like so pure and so healthy, he said, this tastes amazing. And when he was in Rome... I actually seen it myself was this before I watched it obviously when you're walking around Rome there's like little taps or fountains of water coming out of it and apparently that water is so clean and really nice like drinkable water yeah but I didn't realise like some of the stuff you buy in the shop is not that great for you there's a certain ingredient that's in water that's not supposed to be great for you or something okay I'll have to rewatch it again cause yeah definitely because it'd, it'd be like interesting enough to know there like hopefully I'm not putting the fucking wrong stuff in my body like yeah because so. um, I have enough spice bags there to <laughs> off at the minute like. I'm pretty sure Volvic is okay to drink yeah probably because Aiden drinks I think she said it's alright yeah. question do you think different water tastes different like yeah. if you drink Volvic compared to Ballygown does that have a taste does it yeah, taste well, different like, because Aiden always slags me over this saying oh, all the yeah, water well, tastes kind, the same kind of but it, like at the end of the day it's water like I kind of just drink I don't really think of the taste of water I don't know I just I just hammer it <laughs> hammer it into me I don't yeah. really drink water from either, like, like oh. I'm not a big f- like I don't I know it's water but I'm not a fan of Volvic water really? I think it just tastes different they've lovely flavoured water actually Volvic no I'm not a fan of flavoured water not a sponsor <laughs> insert well, sponsor sponsors. <laughs> insert sponsor here <laughs> But, uh, Actually, you know, speaking of sponsors, this would be a great time for it to run an ad for our sponsors. Fuck yeah, we've no sponsors. <laughs> not yet, anyway. No, not yet. Slots are open there. If anyone does want to sponsor us, you're more than welcome to send us over a message. Who knows? We might tell you to fuck off. <laughs> I need to rewatch that because that guy's actually really good. Like, send me on the name. I will. I need to look. Yeah. It's actually really interesting. He went to Iceland as well, and that's actually one place I want to visit. Absolutely amazing. Yeah, but I think it's, I think it's fell in love with Iceland because the fans. Like they're such a small country and they're just so passionate. Like they go to a match and like a third of the population is at that match. Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's mad. Absolutely, mental. you'd love to be. You'd lo- honestly, if you if you were robbing houses as a profession in Iceland, <laughs> you'd be absolutely buzzing every time they go to a tournament. Yeah, but it looks like it looks like a nice place. As well, because you went there and it actually looks really nice in there. To care about the people and the environment, all that shit. I think the ground is heated as well. Well, yeah. So there's a lot of a lot of the things over there. Be geothermal energy. Be a lot, how a lot of it works. So yeah. A lot of the power comes from heat coming from the underground. I think Zach Efron went to that. It's relatively new as a landmass. I take over. Yeah. Like I've been pretty much everywhere. I've been to England, France, Spain, America, Italy. The only place I really want to go is Iceland. 
Uh, I wouldn't go to Australia. Fuck that. That's one place I'd never go. See, the only thing that really bugs me about Australia is oh, ah, I bugs. would love. Yeah. <laughs> 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 you no, know there's, there's more than only one thing. You know. but, um, you know what? Australia, like, it's just such a fucking trek. Like, like I wouldn't want that. It's the only thing. Like, I know people have like twenty-six hour flights and like, obviously you can stop off in places like. Mm. Fuck that. I did four hours the other day with no phone and I was delighted I fell asleep. If I didn't fall asleep, I probably would have tried to jump off the fucking plane. Like. So I couldn't imagine what it's like to have an eight hour sleep on a plane and wake up and go, ah, well, 14 more to go. Like, <laughs> that wouldn't that wouldn't be too fun for me. Like, you know what I mean? You were never slower. I was for a little while. And then I went, I studied aviation technology in DIT. Now I didn't finish it. Just for anyone that wants to get into the comment section and be snarky. But, uh, you know, I didn't finish it, but, like, when I was learning about them, I kind of eased my worries about planes. It's incredibly safe, and the one thing that people don't know about the av- aviation industry is everything that's out now is about 30 years behind where the act, the science actually is. It's rigorously tested. There's so much that goes on in terms of safety that they have to stay behind, and it was explained to me in the way of, by one of our lecturers, that if you're driving down the M50 and your car breaks down, pull over to the hard shoulder, you're 33,000 feet in the air, you're cruising and your plane breaks down there's no fucking hard shoulder yeah you know what i mean there's a hard crash into the ground that's that's the thing and that's the only reason why they don't flood the market with new technologies because they don't know what's gonna fail what's gonna work but they, uh, from going to a few com- i went to like a conference or two as like a part of the college course and uh, there's a lot of exciting things definitely a lot of things to be looking forward to in that area coming like coming soon i seen someone on uh, tiktok that Pilots actually prepare for an engine failing, so they, they, oh, they actually yeah. so when when they're doing, when they're doing their pre-flight checks, one thing they account for is where can they land? Can they make it back to the airport on one yeah, engine? And, and yeah. Like yeah. I found out a few years ago what I was mad is if both engines fail, the plane can glide for miles. Yeah. That yeah, thing. Can, it's, oh. all about, it's all about the angle of attack then when you're coming in. Yeah. Because like. Like it, like it's not very, it's not very often happens, but you can land a plane on water. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's, it really is. It's down to the skill level of the pilot and the damage that's done to the plane. Like so, but it is incredible to know that even with two engines gone, they can still keep going. Like so, they are they're incredibly safe. And anyone that is a nervous fire, you really have no need to be a nervous fire. Like you're probably more likely to, fucking, get a smack of a, a taxi waiting to go into the airport. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like. I feel safer being in a plane than I would be in someone's car. Yeah, because you don't know. Look, it's never mind the person that's driving the car you're in. It's the people that are on exactly, the road with yeah. you. Yeah, you wouldn't know who the fuck's there. But I think what made me not scared of flying was I came back from Tormelinas or I don't know where it was and we came through a thunderstorm. Yeah. And that scared the shit out of me. But after that, it was grand. I'd say so. Do you want to know what happens there? Go on. So there's certain points in the plane. So when lightning strike, they're built specifically for... The planes get struck by lightning constantly, and that's why some people, people don't know that. What it is, is basically the planes are designed in a way so the lightning will strike that, and then it'll go to specific points, and it'll be dissipated out into the air, so the plane doesn't actually get any charge from it. Do you know what I mean? It hits the plane, and it dissipates. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. spread out, and then sent out into the air, so it doesn't actually accrue any damage to the plane. There's, the planes are struck by lightning constantly. Like. It's, it is, it's, one of the, it's one of the amazing things that like you wouldn't even realise when you're on a plane, because most people are passed out the entire fucking time. <laughs> Uh, are taking dog tranquilizers or what are they doing? Well, if someone fell asleep on the 
flight I was on Fair Fuchs because the plane dropped like a couple of thousand feet in seconds the plane was jumping around yeah thunder and lightning oh jeez I've been on a plane like that before ever since then I've been grand really yeah see it was only I was flying on planes before and it was only like a similar enough situation they're not with lightning but with wind like high, high speed winds cross winds and things like that and like the plane going all over but that's what kind of soured me on flying a little bit you know what I mean I wouldn't mind that Takeoffs and landings, I'm always gonna have a little bit of nerves, but that's just because in my eyes, I'm handing over the keys to my life to someone else, like, yeah, and it's not something that I do very lightly, you know what I mean? As much as I do love getting on planes, I will always have that little part of me that goes, you know what, fucking hold on to your seat. <laughs> You're a ton of bloke, you fit on planes, yeah, with a little bit of difficulty and not very comfortably, but uh, yeah, I fit on planes. <laughs> I don't, do you know? <laughs> You're not one of them two seaters, eh? Hey, are you a two seater? Oh, I'm not fat, you cunt. <laughs> I was going to say, you should just spread the way. Go wide, Dave. Otherwise, you're going to have your knees up the edge. I feel insulted. Yeah, you shouldn't. You look lovely. Ah, thanks. <laughs> Where'd your man get you? More street. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking, uh, the only time I'm flying, I'll try to get the, uh, the middle seat or the front seat. But Is it rather the middle seat? I think yeah. you'd be better off either trying to get the front row of the plane anywhere there or go for row 13 because you have that bit of extra leg room yeah I've only sat in the front of the plane once and when you're taking off it's just a steward is sitting in front of you staring at you while you take off and it's a bit awkward so I think I'd rather sit in the middle aisle <laughs> actually no I'd rather sit in the front because then force on force off the only one thing though to always take note of when you're yeah, on the plane the exit. <laughs> Yeah, obviously, <laughs> when you're <laughs> when you're on a plane, if your plane ever does unfortunately crash, if anyone's ever on a plane that does unfortunately crash, show you have the best percentage chance of surviving. The back of the plane. The back of the plane, yeah. yeah. So if you're sitting down the back of the plane, be very thankful. You know what I mean? Like it's one of them things. Like it's not like it's gonna crash, but like you'd rather have the best chance regardless. Like the back of the it, plane is usually the safest. Do you know the uh, brace position? Mm-hmm. I don't think that works. I wouldn't imagine so. Um, and the seatbelt as well. That goes across your waist. Fuck off. You'd be chopped in half. Eh? <laughs> Literally. You'd be torn into sausages. <laughs> that thing's not going to save my life. No. I'm hoping you see, what, two inches up from the up, from uh, reclined to the upper, upper, upper position. Yeah. That's what I'm going to say. Yeah, see, I'm on Ryanair. We don't have to recline. Or we don't get the opportunity <laughs> to move our seats back into the upper position. Do you ever fly with Air Aaron? No, we never did actually fly with Air Aaron. I flew back. I flew with them back from Manchester. When I went to America, we had to drop, stop off in Manchester. Flew back with them on the way back, and it was one of those planes with the wings on top of the plane, oh, right. and there was propellers. Boy, Jesus. Boy. It was the smallest plane I've ever been on. What was that like? Torture. Yeah? <laughs> oh, me. This seat was, like, literally had about that much leg room. Mm. My legs were squashed. No, I understand. I, I remember when I was in the when I was in the IT doing the aviation course. We were to a place up beside Alta, just across the road from the airport, and the, uh, like they basically the IT had their own little uh, ATC up there, and it, it was absolutely brilliant. Like they had like things in it. There was like Robinson Air uh, helicopters. There was like Lear, a Learjet. There was parts of all Air Lingus planes, Rolls Royce like plane engines. Fucking amazing stuff. We got into the Learjet, and it was a former. Uh, it used to be the private jet that was used for uh, bringing or like for diplomatic um, journeys in Ireland and I couldn't fit in the cockpit I was in like I couldn't actually sit down and put my feet in it and I remember being told at one stage because they had a fighter jet in there like at the time so I hopped in there I was able to get in and uh, they went 
the picture I said it was like well, what type what height do you I was like oh six foot two nearly six three and he goes oh yeah so you should never get in one of these because if you have to eject your legs are getting broken and I was like okay I would not be getting in a plane I wasn't planning on going to no. be a fire I didn't want a fire yet to be honest but sure look no one amazes me do you ever see the big planes that have like three rows across and they're like oh like the A380s oh, things the like that monster. Yeah. it baffles me how they go through turbulence like how the fuck do you shake that thing I know it's all air pressure and all but how the fuck does that thing shake you'd wonder like all that weight in that plane, and yet it's still shaking from wind. Well, like that's the thing. Well, the air strong, pressure. It shows you how strong the air pressure and the wind can be up there, though. That baffles me. Because yeah. I went to America, we were on that big fucking Virgin plane, and went through turbulence on the way back. And I was actually really surprised on how bad it was, considering how big the plane was. Really? And you know what I found out as well? The wings are supposed to move. Yeah, the wings do move, yeah. That baffles me. What the fuck? So the wings have to move. If the wings don't move, if they were stacked, they'd snap. Wait, it's the same way, like, certain buildings would be, they'd be built in a certain way to allow yeah, them that's mad. to move, like, sway in the wind. Yeah. So that they wouldn't start to bend or anything like that. It's all just genius feats of engineering. There's people that have put, like, so many hours over so many years into this, and it's been, full, like, painstakingly thought through. Do you know what I mean? Like, so I, I'd never be afraid again getting on a plane. Do you know what I mean? No. Like, but like the fact that the wings move, and it's only when you notice that and the things that are like fucking <laughs> like like a bird when you're outside. And you're like, oh Jesus, what's happening? The first time you notice that, you freak the shit out of you. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's just a natural thing. That's what the planes are supposed to do. Like, otherwise, they take too much strain and they end up. Uh, yeah, they put the wing under too much stress, basically. Like if you're just a normal person that doesn't think too much into, like, oh, you're just flying from place to other, but you actually sit down and think of the. Science and the math that goes into all this. Oh, the sea of engineering, all the work that's gone into that. Like, planes are serviced constantly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's always work being done. There's always repairs. If you look on the outside of the plane, you can see like the little rivets in it. That just shows that repair work has gotten done. There was actually a thing years ago um, where aircraft technicians used to be delighted when people were able to smoke on planes because when they were smoking on planes, you could see the lines from the tar were shown where there was little air holes getting into the plane. So they were able to fill them up perfectly. Right now they have machines that are showing up, but it was just a handy little trick when people were smoking on planes. That yeah. If you could see a line where there was tar or anything like that along the side, it was showing that air was getting in. Deadly. Probably one part of the air was getting in. Mad. It's mental, isn't it? There's so many things. like That's why one of the reasons that I really wanted to get onto a podcast and really wanted to start a podcast myself was there's so many interesting things out there that I haven't got a fucking clue about. And I know that everyone out there is a genius or is like very interested in something and would be able to teach me about that like i can't teach myself absolutely everything and peer learning is probably the best way to go about it so i like that's that's for me why i i, I wanted to do a podcast just to learn as much as possible from as many people as possible so who would love to get on who? jim gavin jim gavin will be one well, because he's obviously ex tub manager but two he studied aviation and he's high up in the think don't know what the name is for it, but he works in the is like, it Dublin Aerospace? I think so. He's in the con- the control tower thing. Oh, uh, the air traffic control tower. Yeah, yeah. that's it. Uh, I think he's high up in that. He's working there years and all, and It'd be a great character to get on. Man. It'd be yeah. have a great story as well, especially with Dublin. Yeah, well, I don't think he. Would. I don't think he's that type of person. Jim, <laughs> uh, maybe one day. <laughs> but if you have any suggestions on any guests we should get on, yeah, hit on. us up. As I said at the start, a link is in the description of the podcast. 
or if you're watching on YouTube it's in the description of that and if you are watching on YouTube don't forget to like share and subscribe it's free it is it takes two seconds that's it and the more following we get the more we're going to have an interactive kind of side to this we're going to get set up super chats you'll be able to send us in things to do give us topics to discuss and even give us who knows maybe you can even come on one day give us your two cents too like wouldn't, wouldn't be opposed to it the main process of this the main thing for me about this podcast is about having conversations with ordinary people that sometimes do extraordinary things and if you feel like that you've done anything extraordinary and you want to discuss it you are more than welcome to join us here I think on that amazing note I think we should end the fourth episode there yeah sounds good to me do you agree my friend yeah I was getting a bit bored anyway <laughs> yeah talk about fucking planes <laughs> talk about, about, about planes <laughs> That's what happens at the after. They just talk some bollocks, don't Absolutely. you? Everything. Kitchen talk. Went around, from yeah. talking about fucking football to holidays to being planes. It was that time already. <laughs> but yeah, we're gonna end the first episode there, and I think the next three episodes, as far as I'm aware, we have guests on booked so far. Yeah, so we'll be trying to get as many guests on as possible. So. It's gonna be a mixture of both. It's gonna be us, yeah, just right. us two talking. Sometimes it's gonna be guests. It's gonna be a mixture of both. And as we said, if there's anyone you'd like to see us talk to, if there's anything you'd like to hear us talk about, or if you'd like to talk to us yourself, you know where to go and you know where to contact us. Click on them links. And as we said already, like, share, subscribe. Anytime we do have guests on, we'll also put the links in to all of their socials and anything they want to be followed on. Until next time, slam that. Take it easy.